It's good to be with you again tonight, and I know this is a little different, but I wanted to continue our series on uh, the clarion call, The Truth is Not for Sale. And so if you have your Bibles tonight, uh, turn with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter number six, and uh, I've entitled the lesson tonight, Our Powerful Weapon. And uh, we live in a world, and I know you realize this from the last couple weeks, that uh, the world we live in is... Uh, has many weapons uh, in their houses, in people's homes, and oftentimes they misuse those weapons. We saw that recently in uh, El Paso, Texas, and in Dayton, Ohio. But when I look in the Word of God, uh, God has given us a weapon that, as we see what a weapon really is intended for, is a weapon is can be something used against an opponent or an adversary uh, to defend, and that's what God has given us. As we think about his word, it's the most powerful weapon that anyone could ever have, the word of God. Notice in Ephesians 6, 17, if you look there in your Bibles or in the outline, the Bible says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Uh, you know, I, I want to make sure in my life, uh, I've never been, not for any particular reason, I've never been big on any type of weaponry, uh, don't have problem with it, but I, I just, as a Christian, I want to make sure that I have my hand on the weapon that the Spirit of God is choosing to use to make a difference in people's lives, and that is the Word of God. The Bible says in John 6, 63, it is the Spirit that quickeneth, uh, the flesh profiteth nothing, the words that I say unto you, they are spirit, and they are life. Notice God's emphasis there is his words are what bring life. Uh, the, the Spirit quickeneth through the Word of God. And so I want to look tonight, as we think about this powerful weapon that we have, I want to look at some things that God's Word has power to do. And so notice tonight, first of all, that God's Word has power to convict. Power to convict. God's Word can do what no human uh, method can accomplish. It cuts through all the resistance and it really gets to the heart. Uh, probably a great example of this in the Bible would be Saul of Tarsus. Uh, notice in Acts chapter 9 there, the Bible says in verse 1, Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, and that's a reference course there to Bible Christianity, the way of Christ, but that if Saul found any of this way, whether they were men or women, that he would bring them bound into Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Cutis, it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he noticed trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Now, when Saul, this, this very rough, uh, very confident man in what he was doing, when he came into contact with the Word of God, notice what the Word of God does. The Word of God convicts him. Uh, Saul was like a block of ice, but when he came into contact with the Word of God, he melted 
like an ice cube in the heat of the day. Uh, many today still, like in the days of Saul, they hear the truth, but they resist the Holy Spirit's voice, the conviction of the Holy Spirit of God. But God's word has the power to continue to burn in the heart. And I know that even my own testimony, that when I heard the truth, the word of God, that it was this powerful weapon, the word of God that continued to work in my life, continued to convict me. So when we think about this powerful weapon, there are many things that it has the power to do. And one is it has the power to convict. Notice, secondly, it has the power to convert, not only to convict, but to convert. God's word is what brings about salvation. The Bible says this in Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It is the word of God as we hear it. James exhorts us in James 1, 21. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. So notice again, it's the word of God, the power of the word of God to convert a life, to save your soul. The psalmist said in Psalm 19, verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. So, you know, here's, here's Saul of Tarsus and the man that he was, even, even the apostle Paul, who he became, uh, the accomplished man that Paul was, he knew the scriptures well, that Paul in his life realized that there was nothing in him no matter how eloquent, no matter what kind of an orator he was, that Paul did not have it within himself to produce fruit. But he understood that the power was not in his words. The power was in the words of God. Notice what he writes to this church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1. He writes, I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save or accept Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. He says that your faith, should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So clearly we see that the word of God is a powerful weapon that God has given to us. And the word of God can convict a person of their sin. The word of God can convert a, a soul, save a life. But notice thirdly, a power that the word of God has is the power to cleanse. And I love this about the word of God because we are sinners and if we're saved tonight, we're sinners saved by grace. But we live in a world that is dirty and filthy because of sin. The, the prophet Micah, he reminds us, as he writes in the Old Testament, of the pollution of this world. Notice in Micah 2.10, Arise ye, therefore, arise ye and depart, for this is not your rest, because it is polluted. It shall destroy you even with a sore destruction. So Mike is talking about this world. He says, look, this world, if you stay in it long enough, you allow it to rub off on you long enough, it's going to have an effect on you. You will become polluted. And so as we think about this pollution, this sinful world we live in, what God does in his word is he invites us 
to take, if I could call it tonight, a spiritual bath. And, and how do we do that? We take a, a bath through his word every day. John 15, 5, notice what Jesus says. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. See, God's word has a cleansing agent. Uh, the, the sin in our lives, the, just like a barnacle on a ship, it tends to just build up in our lives. And we, we can take the word of God and cleanse our lives with it and clean our hearts. Peter writes in first, Second Peter 1 and verse 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption which is in the world through lust. So as I look at this powerful weapon and its power to cleanse us, it's God's desire for our heart that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word of God, Ephesians 5.26. See, there's no way for us in, in this world, if we're going to stay here and we want to stay, uh, stay pure, in a polluted world, there's no way that's going to happen without the power of the Word of God. We need God's Word and the power of it to cleanse us from our sin. But then notice another thing is the power of God is, when it comes to the Word of God, it also will construct in our lives. And I love the fact that the Bible says in Acts 2, uh, 20, verse 32, Now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the Word of His grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. So, you know, in our lives, God's in the building business. He's not in the destruction business or the destroying business. And, and what God is trying to do is to build our lives. And even as a pastor, I, I, I week in and week out, I desire to study the word of God and, and get the Lord's leading on uh, messages and lessons that would that would build you in Christ instead of tear you down. This world does a pretty good job of destroying even the Christian. And so God's word has the power to construct in our lives. And without proper nourishment, we all know that the body cannot and will not grow. But the same is true about the soul. And God actually commands us in his word that we need to eat in order to get the nourishment that we need. Notice what Peter writes here in 1 Peter 2, 2, as newborn babes, when you first got saved, notice that he says here that we should desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So the, the, the baby that is newborn uh, begins on the bottle, begins to drink that milk because it's easy for the digestion. It gives him the proper nutrients, the nourishment that he needs so that he can grow. But we start with milk, but eventually in our lives, God's desire is that we would get beyond the milk and we would get to some meat in order for us to mature and to be a mature Christian. And so the Bible says in Hebrews 5, verse 13, for everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he's a babe, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of a full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So the, the more you're in the word of God, the more you're feasting on the word of God, the power of God's word in your life is going to help you to get beyond those elemental things that were 
were great for us when we first got saved, but God wants us to move on in our lives, just like a baby would become a toddler and eventually a young child and, and then a teenager and then eventually an adult. God wants us to grow up. And again, we start as a newborn babe with the milk and we move on to the meat so that we can move on to maturity. Spiritual maturity does not happen overnight. It's a process. And God carefully constructs things in our lives using his word. And the reason he does that is so that we won't crumble when pressure comes into our lives. If there was anyone that really knew about the pressures that can come in life, it would have been uh, the Old Testament prophet by the name of Isaiah. And notice what he writes here in Isaiah 28, verse number 9 and 10. The Bible says, Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. In other words, this is describing, even in Isaiah's day, that God is wanting to mature us, to, to grow us, to construct us, well, how does he do that? It's a step-by-step -step construction. Uh, here a little, there a little, line upon line, precept upon precept. Again, it's, it's, it's not something that takes place overnight. It is a continual, ongoing process. So God's Word has power. It is a powerful weapon. It has the power to convict us. The Word of God has the power to convert us, to see us saved, come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It has the power to cleanse us from day-to-day -day sin and things that would creep into our lives. It has the power to construct us, to build us up in the Lord. Notice also, we see a fifth thing tonight, that God's Word has power to counsel. I love getting counsel from some good friends in my life, and I've, I've sought counsel many, many times. The Bible tells us that it's wise to seek counsel and always do that with spiritual people, godly people, make sure that you don't go to the world for counsel. But I can't think of a better place to go to know how to raise my family, know how to be a good husband, know how to, uh, to, to do my finances and whatever else it may be in life. I can go to God's Word, and the Word of God has power to counsel me. Notice Psalm 119, verse 130. The entrance of thy words giveth light, and it giveth understanding to the simple. People say to me sometimes, Pastor, I don't know how to do this, or how do I, how do I handle this, or how do I raise my child or discipline my child? And a lot of times I'll just say to them, look, let's see what the Bible has to say, or I'll share a scripture verse with them, because God's word has power to counsel. When you find yourself not knowing which way to go, uh, you've, you've come to an impasse in your life, why don't you pray the prayer of the psalmist in Psalm 119, verse 133. Here's what he prayed. He says, order my steps in thy word, and let not iniquity have dominion over me. The psalmist understood if there was any place he could get good, godly counsel for his life, which way to go, what steps to take, it was in the word of God. God gives us as we look at Solomon's writing here in the book of Proverbs, good advice that he gives as he writes to his son. Notice in Proverbs 6, verse 20. He writes, My son, keep thy father's commandment, 
and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart, and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. Now, all of those words that Solomon uses for his son that God's inspired and preserved to us tonight is they're synonymous terms with the word of God. He uses the word commandment. He uses the word law. He talks about how the commandment, the word of God is a lamp. The, the law is a light. Reproofs of instruction are the way of life. So Solomon's giving good counsel, wise counsel to his son. Aren't you glad for the counsel that you've received for your life from God's word? And it's so important we understand that God's word has the power. We don't have to go to uh, this world to receive good counsel. We can go straight to the word of God and receive the counsel that we need. But notice the last thing that the word of God, this powerful weapon, has the power to do. And notice it has the power to comfort. And certainly this midweek service uh, here on a Wednesday night, and we've taken some prayer requests, no doubt. We have a prayer page full of people that uh, are, are dealing with things in their life. We have church members that have some serious, they find themselves in some trials, some deep valleys. Many of you have heavy hearts for loved ones and friends. And all of us, we need, from time to time, we need some comfort. And uh, again, I love the word of God because it has the power to comfort us. And you might be here tonight and you may not be in need of that comfort tonight, but there will come a day where you will need comfort from the word of God. And, and the Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 82, mine eyes fail for thy word, saying, when wilt thou comfort me? The psalmist looked to God's word, to what God had to say to bring him comfort in his life. Jeremiah, again, just like Isaiah, he lived in a very tough time. His life and ministry itself was very rough. And notice that Jeremiah was comforted out by the word of God. And we see that he writes here in Jeremiah 15, thy words were found, and I did eat them, and thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. So Jeremiah says, it was your words, God, that I found. And he says, I, I love this, I ate them, and they were unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. They comforted me when I was going through some very difficult times in my life. You know, some of the most difficult times as a pastor and a Christian, and even as a father and a son, for me and many, is that it's times where we may lose a loved one. It's times where uh, we'll, we'll uh, be a part of a funeral for maybe as a friend, maybe as a, a family member. I know certainly even recently this past year for my father, and, and I think about how difficult those times are. Many times as a Christian, even as a pastor, I wish that there was something that I could say to just take the hurt and the pain away. But I can't think of a better place to go to, and this is what I always do, is I open up the Bible. I open up the Word of God, and I begin to read the Scriptures to them. And uh, many times I've read 
uh, to bring comfort from the word of God, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Thy rod and thy staff, they shall comfort me. I, I think about how comforting not only the word of God, but God himself. He's the God of all comfort. And, and as I oftentimes, many times read those scriptures to people, and whether it's in a hospital room or maybe in a house or maybe in a funeral home or a funeral, I know many times as I, as I have read those scriptures, and of course the, 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 the one that has already passed on is, is no longer there to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Many times I think to myself that the person that has passed on really doesn't need comfort anymore because he's with the Lord if he was saved. But I find that those that remain, those that were behind, the family members, and me, we're the ones that really need to find comfort for our hearts, for what we're going through, like Mary and Martha with their brother when he, when he passed, and Jesus did not come. And so we find that many times we can look to the scriptures to find that power to comfort us. And the Bible says in Romans 15, 4, look at this verse, whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that through patience and comfort of the scriptures that we might have hope. You see, it's, it's what God's word can do for us during those times. The word of God has the power to comfort us. And so God's given us the truth. And as we have the truth, may we hold the truth. And the word of God is, is what will keep our lives on track. It's a powerful weapon. The Bible's not some stuffy old book that's outdated and that no one can understand. As a matter of fact, it's the truth. It's the Word of God, and it has the power to change lives. It has the power to guide our steps on this earth. A lot of fathers and mothers, uh, maybe uh, other people, Christian friends. I know I've done it at times, uh, maybe at a birth, maybe at a graduation. Sometimes you'll take a Bible and you'll open that Bible that you're going to give to someone. And I've written these words many times to people as I give them a Bible. And the words that maybe some mothers and fathers would write even to their children would be this statement. This book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. You see, God's word has power and the devil knows it. You see, God also knows it. He's given us this powerful weapon and it is what all of us need in our lives he's given us his testimony and we need to make sure that we don't stray from the truth that we read it and we live it and we preach it or we give it out everywhere we go it's so important because without the truth what's going to happen is is that every time we hear something new every time we hear something that's different by the way many times those things we hear may not be the truth the Bible says we'll be blown around. We won't have a firm foundation in our lives because we won't be standing on the truth. I love what it says in Ephesians 4. Look at there in your notes, verse 11. Now the Bible says that God gave to some apostles and some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Now why did God give us those individuals in our lives? Well, for the perfecting of the saints, 
for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect or mature man under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and crafty cunningness, uh, cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But notice, but speaking the truth and doing it in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So God says here in the book of Ephesians that I've given you individuals in, in, my, in your life that they can stand and open the word of God or they can sit down with you and open up the word of God and help us so that we will not be following after something that would pull us away from God, but that we would be anchored to the truth, that we would hear the truth being taught and spoken to us, and the truth will help us to grow. So what are we supposed to do as Christians? Well, we're to stay with the truth, because the truth of God's Word will keep us on track. God's Word, as we see tonight, is a powerful weapon. God's Word is so powerful that it has the power to convict us of sin in our lives. The Holy Spirit will work on us when there's something in our life that should not be there. The Word of God has the power to convert us. And it's certainly, if you're not saved tonight, the Bible says that, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. God's Word has the power to cleanse us. God's Word has the power in our lives to construct us or to build us up. God's Word has the power to counsel us when we're going through some difficult times in our lives, not knowing which way to go, who to turn to, who to listen to. And then the last thing is God's Word has the power to comfort us. And here you are on a midweek service. Certainly, I would have loved to have been here with you tonight, but I, can I just give you some comforting words? That many times in my life, even as a Christian and a pastor, I face things on a daily basis. And where do I go? There's nowhere else to go but to the Lord and to the Word of God. And may I encourage you tonight to always realize that, listen, God is powerful. He's almighty. And many times the devil and the things of this world and even the flesh are going to have us going in a wrong direction, but God has given us his word, and it is a powerful weapon, and it's at your disposal. Lord bless you. Look forward to being with you on Sunday. Have a great week, and we'll see you soon.